Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a beautiful presence of the Lord. It's good to have all of you here today. Amen. Good to have Sister Schoonover with us today. God bless her. And uh, Kim is on assignment in California working. Uh, one of the hospitals down there. So she is tied up over the weekend and she's got to work all day today and three or four more days and then we'll be back. So we're just uh, excited what the Lord is doing. Amen. We serve an awesome God. The privilege to know him and to walk with him. I'm glad he's not done with me yet. He's still working on me. He's still helping me today. I thank God that the scripture said he's an ever-present help in time of need. We kind of find ourselves in time of need here and there, don't we? But I know where to turn. I know where to go. He, he'll get me through this time. He'll get me over this place that I'm in. And, and God will bring it around because he cares. Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter number 13. I want to start reading verse 14. Little ones are dismissed. Let me just preference something here. Um, This is my opinion. That's dangerous, I know. But the easiest way in my mind, to understand the Old Testament is to understand that it it is speaking of everyday life. Every story, including the one that we're going to look at today, is about humanity, human nature, my human nature. You say, oh, they're just, just really good, interesting stories. No, 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 they're applicable to my life. Some are encouraging, some are warnings, some are directional, but all of them deal with people who were serving God and somewhere in serving God uh, maybe didn't commit like they needed to do, maybe didn't follow through like they needed to do, and God would have to step in. When we start in this story today, Israel is not in a good place with God because Israel had come to the place that they were got one foot, if I could use this term, one foot in the church and one foot in the world. They were still worshiping in the high places and the groves were still there. And, and, and there was just kind of a little bit of God. When we pick up this story, Elisha is at the end of his life and he is the oldest standing amount of years as a prophet at 66 years. God has blessed him and he would do twice as many miracles as his predecessor Elijah had done. Verse 14, now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bows and arrows. Notice there wasn't a lot of small talk. 
Hey, how you doing? Hey, get the bow and the arrow. God's wanting to do something. Have you ever noticed that human nature, as soon as God's pinning me down on something, I want to just start talking when I really need to be listening? Because he's trying to talk to me. We do that. We do that on our jobs. If we're getting in trouble, we start talking. Well, you know, the only reason I did that was because of this and that. And God, you should understand what's going on here. He said, I understand completely what's going on here. And you need to listen so I can help you get through this. You need to listen so you'll have the direction you've been praying for. You need to, to listen because I will get you out of this or bring you back to God or however, whatever needs to transpire in this. So again, God, many times when he deals with us, he will be very upfront with us. He, he doesn't beat around the bush. We may beat around the bush. We have something to say and we're going to take the long way. Not too often do we sometimes just say it. I guess we think that's rude. <laughs> if I just spit it out, you know, I, I got I to gotta get you prepared for what I'm about to say. Elisha didn't say, man, I'm ready to die. I'm about ready to go meet the Lord and uh, grab the bow, grab the arrow. God wants to do something in your life. I believe God this morning wants to do something in your life. Everywhere in Scripture that I see and I look, what I find is God always requires something of me. God will never just do everything for me. And I have no responsibilities or I, I, I have no commitment or, or something that I need to. In everything, God requires something of me that he can work in my life. Come on. The Bible said the just shall walk by faith. Somewhere I have to have enough faith in God. You're talking to me. I need to put my ears on. I need to listen because what you're giving me is what I need in my life right now and what Joash needed in his life the man of God Elisha who said I'm going to give you what you need every victory you need God has the answer for today <clears throat> and let's go to the next verse we'll read this and come back and he said unto the king of Israel put thy hand upon the bow and he put his hand upon it and Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrows of the Lord's deliverance. Today, if you'll allow it, can be your day for deliverance. a little awkward we're going to use bows I didn't bring bows and arrows by the way uh, but he was choosing bows and arrows I'm going to come back to what I said a minute ago God requires something of you get the bow get the arrow I want you involved in the miracle I want you involved in the process I want to understand that, that I, want you, I want to work in your life but you got to listen to me and you got to do what I ask or you're not going to get the deliverance you need. You're not going to get the joy you're looking for. You'll never find the peace of God that passes all understanding. Why? I got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And I'm trying to be happy. I've lived long enough to know that will never work. I got to get in with both feet and serve God. I got to get in with both feet and realize if I really want God to do what he's trying to do in my life. I've got to come to this place with him. And the arrows of deliverance from Syria. Notice it was something specific. 
wasn't general deliverance. No, Syria, the Philistines, have been a, a thorn in your side. They have been a, a, a destruction to you. More, more battles and wars are fought. And, and yet God said, I want to deliver you from them. Specific. You could be here this morning just for an example, and you're battling pot. Preacher, I just can't kick it. So Lord's deliverance is here this morning. You may be hearing tobacco is, a, is something that's got a hold on you and you, you've wanted to quit and you've tried over and over again. I'm here to tell you the Lord's deliverance is in the house of the Lord this morning. He's wanting you to know. You may be caught up in pornography today and you say, I, I, I try to put it down. I try not to go to that website and I tell myself I won't do it. But by 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm back on my phone and I'm doing exactly what I said I wouldn't do. The Lord's deliverance is in the house this morning. But I got to do what he said. And it's specific to what we deal with. He's on my side. I'm mentioning things that make people nervous. But you're more nervous if I don't mention it. Because you know he knows and he sees everything. And somehow I think I'm fooling him. Or or he's accepting my unacceptable behavior. No, he's not. He's saying, I want to work with you. I want to help you get over there. Get this demon off your back. Get this enemy out of your spirit. It's the Lord's deliverance. Since we tape all this, I've got to be more careful. But there's groups out there that don't believe in deliverance. We'll just handle it this way. They don't believe in deliverance. And I've been in their meetings. It's not church either. And we've got kicked out of their meetings because we believe in deliverance. See, I believe that God can take away the urge, the desire, and the craving, and all of that in an instant of time. But i got to listen this morning, and I'm going to have to do what he tells me to do. If I want this monkey off my back, if I want to hold my head up, I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Because what happens is I feel so much condemnation and so much shame and so much guilt because I know better than this. I shouldn't be behaving this way. I shouldn't be involved in whatever this is that I'm dealing with. But God, help me. Look it up in Scripture anytime somebody said, Lord, help me. God was there instantly. That Sheriff-Phoenician woman, man, she'd been called a dog and everything else. Most of us say, well, if you're going to insult me like that, I'll just go home. How bad do you want your miracle? How bad do you want this thing changed? How bad do you want your children saved? Come on, how bad do you want this in your life that you could deal with a little bit of problem here and there or something you might feel that was a little bit hurtful or insulting to you to get what God is trying to get here? And she finally looked at the Lord and said, Lord, help me. She's a Gentile, folks. I honestly believe that God reached into Acts chapter 10 into the future when he would deal with the Gentile. said, man, I, I just got to do this. This woman's filled with great faith. She understands who I am, and she will not give up. She's not giving in. And, this is, and I'm going to reach into Acts chapter 10, grab her miracle, and bring it right back to here. And I want to grant her her miracle. Come on. God will do whatever it takes to get you your miracle. Your deliverance are what God is wanting to help you with this morning. So many of us picture God as wanting to beat us up. 
He's on the balcony of heaven with a waffle bat. Just get a little closer. Come on. Oh. He stands on the balcony of heaven with nail-scarred hands. I died for you that you don't have to live this way. I've died for you to give you victory over anything that would get a hold of you. God is a God of mercy, and he's a God of grace. And I have to realize today there's going to be a lot of grace in this place. I love it in the scripture where the Bible talks about, and there was great grace. Do you realize we're not going to get anywhere without the grace of God working through these situations? Come on, he's not bringing judgment into my life. He's bringing grace this morning into my life. By grace are you saved. God, give me the grace to overcome that. Give me the grace to be delivered from that. Give me the grace that I need to not talk this way anymore. Live this way anymore. Behave this way anymore. His grace, great grace is in the house. And I have to be willing to say, God, I want it. And thou shalt smite the Syrians in Apex till I have consumed them. I'm here to tell you, you can consume your problem. God's not interested in partial victory in your life. Come on. Everything about God is complete victory. He doesn't leave me hanging or dangling somewhere, but he's wanting to work in my life. Next verse, please. And he said, take arrows. And he took them and he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground and smote thrice and stayed. And he smote thrice and he stayed. Catch the next verse. And the man of God was wroth. Oh, he blew up. He needed anger management. Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then thou hadst smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it. Where Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but three times. Thrice. See, there was an incomplete victory. We walk in too many incomplete victories in our life. When God is saying you need to shoot five, six arrows, eight arrows, ten arrows. You know what he's saying is don't give up and don't give in. Temptation is going to come. The enemy is going to come. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, Philippians said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will defeat this with the help of the Lord. I will make the changes I need to make because of the grace of God that's going to help me. God's not trying to embarrass anybody. He's trying to help us this morning realize the power that is in the gospel of Jesus Christ to bring us to a place where God can work in our life. I want God to work in my life this morning. Amen? Let's go back to the starting in, in verse 15. And Elisha said, take bow and arrow. This is your part this morning. And he went and got it. You need to get whatever you're dealing with this morning. How come we get mad at everybody but the devil? You know, if you actually got mad at the devil, you'd probably start rebuking him. If you actually got mad at the devil, you'd probably start praying like you really needed to pray. And you'd say, you know, you've hoodwinked me long enough. You, you, you put me in this place long enough. You've kept me down long enough. But you're not going to hold me down any longer. I'm going to come out swinging in prayer. Come on, I'm going to come out swinging in the Word. I'm going to come out swinging in fasting. Because I will not allow this enemy to destroy me and defeat me. 
So again, it's, it's me understanding. I, I, I can make it. I can get through this. I, I can do this. Next verse, please. And he said unto the king of Israel, put thy hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha uh, put his hand upon the king's hand. You know what this represents? Until God puts his hand on your hand, you're not going to do it. Come on, let him. You've got to invite him. You, you've got to realize, God, I want you to be involved in this. God, I, I, I'm here to be honest with you. I, I, I understand. Uh, I'm going to use a pathetic quote here for, for just a second. But, but if you were in an AA meeting or an NA meeting, they would say the number one thing you've got to do and, and step number one is to admit that you are powerless. Boy, do we not like that. I can handle this. I can do this on my own. I can quit. Well, then how come you haven't? See, I have to come to the place and say, God, I am powerless. I really thought I could quit, and I've tried. I had a guy in Oregon that took two years to quit smoking. Oh, he came to me right away. He said, Pastor, I've got to get rid of these cigarettes. I said, okay, let's pray. And we prayed, and he would pick them back up. We pray and fast. He put them down, pick them back up. Today he's free. I'm just saying, sometimes you got to stay after it. I wish it was a one-time thing. Wouldn't that be awesome? Only have to deal with it one time, it's a done, and it's gone. But some battles take longer, don't they? Some addictions are stronger. I'm not saying you should ever pick anything back up. But I'm here to tell you, if you did pick it back up in a time of temptation or weakness or struggle, God's not going to give up on you. We're going to whip this thing in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to fight the spiritual fight you need to fight. But you got your part that you've got to do. So I've got to put God's hand in the midst of it. God, put your hand on my life because I can't do this. I'm a, I am powerless. We don't got to tell him, but we've tried quit how many times? I love it when people tell me, I've quit smoking five times. I said, you ain't quit yet then. You just took a vacation five different times. Because when the Lord delivers me, I'm gone. Urge, crave, desire. He takes that. I've done about 40 years working off and on with AA and NA through life and focus ministry. So I'm around people who don't drink and do drugs anymore, who've gone through classes. But they will all tell me uh, it's a fight every day. The crave is still there. The desire is still there. And I'm thinking, man, if you knew Jesus, the crave would be gone. The desire would be gone. The hunger for that would be gone. And here you've got to fight that every day. When God would say, simply turn this over to me, and I'll take care of all of that if you allow it to work in my life. Okay, next verse. And he said, open the window. Open the window. I want you to open the window. Revelation 3.20 said, if any man stand at the door and knock. And what? Open up. I will come in. See, you're going to have to invite him in. He's knocking. 
You're going to have to open the window. You're going to have to open the door. Lord, I want your hand to be upon my hand. But I, but I also realize I've got to open up my heart today. I've got to open up my spirit today, God. I've got to open this door and allow you to come in because you will not kick the door down. You'll not beat the door down. You only come by invitation only. That's why people stay addicted. There's no invitation for him to come in and take care of it. And, and, and we could name a lot of things today, but I'm just trying to give an example of the importance of that. Okay. Uh, and Elisha uh, said, shoot, and he shot, and he said, this is the deliverance of the Lord. I, I want to jump real quick to the land of Canaan and, and Joshua for just a minute. And Joshua stormed through seven different cities in, 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 in the land of Canaan. And, and we know he took Jericho and we go on to the next one and the next one uh, to there. But, but let me uh, tell you uh, that there were three cities of the Philistines that he did not get rid of. Now what he did was awesome, okay? But, but what I want you to catch is there were three cities. Uh, Gaza, uh, Gath, and Ashdod. What I want to show you is what a half-hearted victory will do to you. Remember, the Old Testament is about human nature. Get rid of the enemy. Destroy everything around you. Don't have a pot pipe hanging up just for looks. Don't have fifth of whiskey on the top of the kitchen cabinet. You know, on the uppers. I'll stop there, but... uh, Uh, see what he said? He said, that, that's all temptation. You, you may call it decor, but the enemy can use it to draw you back to a place that God took you out of. So he wants to help us. Garza, Gaza uh, was a site of Samson's downfall. Now catch this. Samson's story would have been totally different had Joshua done his job. Why? He would have wiped it out and that nation wouldn't have been there. That city wouldn't have. See why God wants complete victory in your life? We leave crumbs. We leave stragglers behind. Why? In case I want to find my way back. I wouldn't want the drug dealer's phone number in my phone. That's a way back. That's an incomplete victory. Yeah, it, it, things look good. But see, you don't know what will happen later on down the road. See, because all these three, three cities we're talking about, they're later on down the road. But, but, and, and Gath is where Goliath came from and his five brothers. What would have happened had they destroyed the Gath and there wouldn't have been a Goliath to deal with? I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Let, let's clean it up. Uh, you may deal with things down the road you never dreamed of. Things will pop up and you say, how do I overcome this guy? He's 11 foot tall. If I'd have cleaned it up, I would never have had to face him. See, this is that incomplete victory. He shot three times the arrow into the ground and stayed. That's why the prophet Elisha got so mad. You could have had total victory. You could have had victory over. You could have lived in peace. But you didn't. Why? Because it was a partial victory. And God said, I want to give you today complete victory over whatever torments you. He's wanted to help us. Ashdod uh, 
was where the, the Israelites intermarried after they had returned from captivity. And that caused them to begin to worship the gods of Ashdod. Everything God does is for my benefit. Please understand that. It's for your benefit. God, why do I got to get rid of this? It's for your benefit. You don't know what this will do to you down there. It seems a little harmless right now. What's the big deal? You don't understand. That thing could get a hold of you. There's a spirit that could get a hold of your spirit. And now I find myself on, how do I get out of this? When God was saying, I'm trying to keep you from it. People say, you know, people say, uh, I, I don't serve God because there's too many do's and don'ts. You don't like all those safety nets? You don't like those things that keep you from getting hurt? You don't like those things that keep your family together? That's what they're for. That we don't lose our children to the world. That we don't lose things that that God has given us and that we're walking with. And that safety net of what God is trying to do. See, God has always worked with borders. I'm a free spirit. Better get some borders. The Garden of Eden had borders. Israel could only go from Dan to Beersheba. You know what my protection is? I got some borders in my life. You know what those borders are? We don't cross that line. That's the borders. We don't go over there. We don't play around with that. I don't watch that. I won't listen to that. I'm not going to be around that. Those are borders I put in my life. And folks, you better put the border in before the temptation comes. Because if you wait till the temptation comes, then you're in big trouble. See, some things you've got to make up your mind way ahead of schedule. We, we talked for several months last year in January and February on the family. You cannot have the word divorce in your vocabulary. You have to mark it out of your dictionary. Uh, you have to get rid of that word completely, that it is not an option in your life. There's no way out. It means I've got to work through it. It means I've got to do whatever it takes to make this work and, and make this thing work. So you've got to realize borders, borders. If you have no borders and divorce is an option, Especially in this generation, look out. Your family could get tore up in a hurry. It can't be an option. I know we like to say, but God said because of the hardness of your heart, Moses wrote that. But do you realize God never approved of, of divorce? You know why? If two people got the Holy Ghost, we should be able to work this out. If two people got the Holy Ghost, whatever my problem is, God will deliver me from that problem and I would get victory over that and we could make this work. Come on, the answers are in the Scripture and that's why God wants me to walk in this and help me move forward. Amen? So again, arrows. Arrows to you could be, I can't watch this anymore. I can't listen to this anymore. I can't be around this anymore. But you can't just shoot a couple arrows this morning and stop. Can I put it in another way? 30 seconds of prayer is not going to get you delivered. You're going to have to shoot enough arrows that the anointing of God and the hand of God that you ask to come on your life comes on your life and you feel the, His power and His presence and you feel that lift off you today. You feel that anointing of God saying, okay, I'm going to take it. Now you can't go back and do it tomorrow. 
You've got to allow the Holy Ghost to lead you in the morning when you get up. You may have to go home tonight and clean house. Get everything out of that house that would, be, would hinder you and whatever God's trying to deliver you of. Get it out. I know none of you drink, but if I drank, I'd go home and pour it all out. If I had a drug addiction and I had some of it at home. Come on, 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 7 and 1, 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Hey, God's not going to do this for us. There's your part. Come on, you got to put your hand on the bow in the air. i got to go home and clean it up. i got to get it out of my car. Wherever it's at, God, help me because I want deliverance today. I'm tired of the shame. I'm tired of the condemnation. I hate living this way. And then we walk away from God and say, well, God couldn't help me. Yes, he could. I just wouldn't open up. I wouldn't open the window and say, God, come in. I've tried this on my own enough. It's just worship the Lord. I want you to close your eyes. Just worship the Lord for a moment. What I'm wanting you to do, what I feel here, we, we need to address personally. You don't got to come tell me anything. This is between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever that vice is, whatever that stronghold is in your spirit, that thing that you're battling and you, and you hate it. I mean, you may do it, but you absolutely hate it. I think we're going to take some time this morning and we're going to talk to God for a while. This is so important. So important right now because this is where the, this is where the freedom's coming. Come on, you got your part. I want you to stand with me. Could the bow and the arrow be you walking out of that pew and walking up to this altar? When they open the window, could you open up to God right now? Say, God, I'm going to be honest with you. I've kind of lied to you. I've tried to hide this. I've not really come through with this. But God, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus. I need help. How many arrows will it take? I I can't tell you that. That's between you and God right now. But I'm here to tell you God's give you enough arrows to get total victory today. I'm praying this morning that we're not looking for temporary relief this morning, right? I'm looking for total victory, complete victory over there. Not, not, not a band-aid. I don't want a band-aid this morning. I want deliverance this morning. I want to walk out of here a new man and a new woman to, that I don't have this, this fight every morning and every night in my life that God, you're giving me victory. This altar is open. It's up to you. This is between you and God. Nobody has to know what my battle is. Nobody has to know what my problem is. It's between me and God today. God is so good this morning. You're 
response is to God this morning. It's not to me. You're responding to Him. He's your ever-present help in time of need this morning. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Total victory today, God. Total victory today. In the name of Jesus. It's the Lord's deliverance today. It's the Lord's deliverance today. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on. Come on. That's it. Just cry out to God. Oh, victory in the name of Jesus. It's going to be the best Christmas present I ever got to get this thing off my back, get this out of my heart today. In the name of Jesus. 